0: Bodega, bodega, bodega. Alpha and Omega. <clears throat> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. Sawing a Serving platter. Hey, hey Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, Did you want to try reading that line on the script there?
1: Oh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That one. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Detector test. Bundle your
2: home and auto
0: with Progressive today.
2: The marmot mangled by Mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. The Leslie Marshall Show: A true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people.
1: From Washington DC every Wednesday from three to four PM for an hour-long Generation Progress Takeover.
2: Check us out at genprogress.org or on Twitter at genprogress.
1: Hello and welcome to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I am your co-host Charlotte Hancock,
2: and I'm your other co-host Edward Theogene.
1: Hey, Edward. How's it going?
2: <laughs> Good. How's it going with you?
1: Pretty good. Uh, so we have some, we're starting off here with a, a, a piece of good news or news headed in the right direction. So last week, the House of Representatives passed HR1, also known as the For the People Act. Um, and this is the second time that the House has passed this piece of legislation. So the bill is now on its way to the Senate, where it will receive its first hearing on March 24th. Uh, HR1 is a critical piece of legislation that would address many of the flaws in our democracy that prevent people from participating and being represented in the political process. Uh, so the flaws that this legislation are trying to prevent um, has also led to dangerous inaction on many of the issues that young people care about, uh, in part because our voices and perspectives are not being adequately represented in the electoral process. So it's not only the current clause that we're up against, just a few months after an election in which young people turned out to vote in record or near record uh, levels, state legislatures have started pushing back. And, that, you know, that is not a coincidence. Um, so nearly o- over 250 bills across 43 states um, have been introduced to restrict or limit voting access um, since, that, since the election. To talk to us more about the democracy reform legislation like HR1 that we're thinking about here and its potential impact on the issues that young people care about, we are joined by Morgan Starr, the co-founder and co-executive director, director of Blue Future. Hey, Morgan, thanks so much for joining us today.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to get started.
1: Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you. Um, so, Morgan, to start us off, can you tell us a little bit more about your role Uh, as the co-founder and the co-executive director of Blue Future?
0: Absolutely. To start, I want to share a little bit about why we founded Blue Future. In the wake of the 2016 election, we knew that something needed to be done to organize and mobilize young people. And we started looking at the landscape within the progressive movement to understand which organizations were focusing on engaging our generation. And after getting a good sense of the ecosystem, we wanted to make sure that we could have a place where young people could come and work specifically on partisan issues and with progressive candidates. Uh, so we learned that to do this, one of the ways would be to make sure that organiz- organizers have the resources and are paid to do this work, making sure that no matter our color or origin, our income or zip code, desire and determination are really the only things getting in the way of young people's ability to push for a transformative and progressive agenda. So now in my role as co-executive director, I lead our progress and change programs. And these programs we have adapted to meet the needs of our virtual world. Right now we have 118 youth organizers working with us from across the country as part of our spring for progress and change program. And this is a virtual training program where organizers have the opportunity to learn about the most pressing issues affecting young people today. And then in addition to the trainings, our organizers spend 10 hours a week taking actions on these critical issues like the need to pass HR1 as well as movement building such as building youth advisory councils with their members of Congress and then these councils will ensure that young people will have a seat at the table and that their voices are heard in the halls of power.
1: You know, that's always uh, an agenda I can get behind. Young people having uh, their voices heard in the halls of power. Uh, obviously, a Generation Progress. Uh, pretty pretty pro. <laughs> uh, those those sort of founding tenets. Uh, awesome. Well, thank you so much for telling us a little bit more about Blue Future um, and what led you to, to found the organization. Um, so talking, uh, shifting a little bit over here to Um, one of your organization's uh, core priorities and main goals uh, right now. Um, Let's talk about HR1, the For the People Act. So um, as I said in the intro, the House last week passed HR1 for a second time. So you know, it was introduced um, in previous legislative sessions. um, And so the House has passed it for a second time. It ran up against uh, the Senate the last go-round and now uh, it's been handed off to the Senate again. So can you give us a quick overview um, of how we got to this point?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, as you mentioned, um, originally passed in twenty nineteen, um, but there, you know, wasn't taken up in the Senate. So we had to we passed it again. Um, and right now, the Brennan Center for Justice has actually noted that there's more restrictive voting measures floating in state legislatures this in this time period than there were in twenty twenty at the same time. So while the Republicans are working harder and harder to suppress people's freedom to vote, um, Democrats are fighting back to deliver reform and build democracy where everyone has a say. And so that's why um, we wanted to make sure it was reintroduced. And here at Blue Future, we're really excited about HR1 being passed. Um, In the week leading up to the vote, we circulated an open letter to President Biden demanding that he do all he can to pass this bill. And this letter that we had was signed by over 580 youth organizers nationwide from 44 states. So this is definitely an issue that young people are paying attention to and really want to see passed in the Senate and signed by President Biden.
1: Can we go back and revisit one of the things you mentioned um, here just a second ago? So it was It was, to your mind, more important than ever that this federal legislation got reintroduced uh, because of some of the state laws that are popping up. What What do you mean when you're talking about some of the state legislation that's popping up that this would work
0: against? Yeah, absolutely. So currently, there have been a number of voter suppression bills introduced across the South in-state legislatures, to restrict access to voting. I mean, in Georgia, we just saw the Senate pass a bill eliminating no-excuse absentee voting, which, of course, is how so many people voted the last cycle, given this pandemic that we're in. Um, We also, you know, saw corruption in action throughout the last cycle as well. Some voters, particularly disenfranchised communities, such as communities of colors, dealt with broken voting machines, stood in line for hours, closed polling locations, and were turned away from casting their ballots without clear explanations. And so this was going on in 2020, but it's continuing now, and we're continuing to see this happen in state legislatures. Yeah,
2: just jumping in, And to kind of pull back just a little bit, like what For the People Act would do is it would increase fair access to the ballot box, making it easier, not harder to vote. It would also end the dominance of big money in politics. And it would also ensure that public officials work in the interest of the public. And I think what's fascinating about this last election cycle that we saw, so many people voted in historic numbers, right? And also we saw a lot of pro-democracy reforms being put into place to ensure that people were able to vote safely and had access to the ballot box. So it's interesting to see that like, in response to the pandemic and because of so many people mobilizing to protect their vote, we saw this Increase in engagement, increase in participation, increase in support. And now, literally right after, um, just like you were notating, Morgan, like in Georgia, I think they had two huge omnibus bills, one in their house and one in the Mm -hmm. Senate, that basically makes it even more difficult, like 25 pages worth of like let's make it harder for people to vote, right? So, and I think there's also criticisms on these bills on both sides of the aisle. There are some Republicans who are not invested in the support of this bill as well um, in the Georgia uh, Congress. So it's just really fascinating to think about all the stuff that we've sort of like navigated um, and now thinking about the pushback really showing its face to us. And how critical and important a bill like For the People Act really is, right? Like this was important before um, the 2020 election, and now it's more apparent that it's even more critical.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's so critical right now. And you know, given the pandemic, many people were able to vote without no excuse absentee voting, which was great. And so we need to keep that, keep that an option always. And the For the People Act would do that among you know so many other things.
1: For sure. And I think, you know, um, I think anytime we're thinking about democracy forms, anytime we're talking about um, access to the ballot box, uh, providing or, you know, imposing more restrictions on um, people's access to the ballot box. Uh, almost always disproportionately impacts um, communities of color um, or people with less experience or resources when it comes to voting, like younger voters, people who have never done it before. The more confusing it gets, the harder it is for uh, people to participate. So um, I think, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, not necess- it's not a coincidence um, that it makes it harder for um, some populations to, to vote over um, others, um, as I'm sure Uh, you've seen um, building young people's power um, at Blue Future, Morgan.
0: Yes, absolutely have. And, And we're always working to make sure that young people know all of the ways they can vote and then can also get that information out to their different communities. Yeah. Great. Yes.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to hop over to a commercial break real fast here. Um, But you're listening to the Generation Progress takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. And we're going to be right back talking to you um, about democracy reform um, and the For the People Act after this commercial break.
2: Hi, welcome back to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm your co-host, Edweth Eugene
1: And I'm Charlotte Hancock.
2: Welcome back, everyone. We are joined today with Morgan Starr. Thank you for joining us, Morgan Starr, Co-Executive Director of Blue Future. You there, Morgan? Yes, I'm here. Yay. And today we are talking about H.R. 1, the For the People Act, and the importance of democracy reform in order to see the progress that young people care about. So jumping right back into conversation and to also take just a little bit another step back. um, Morgan, at a high level, what is democracy reform and why do you think um, it's essential for young people in particular? Absolutely.
0: I think at a high level and really at any level, democracy reform is a racial justice issue. Our democracy was created to serve white male landowners, plain and simple. It was never designed with the intent to have a government for, by, and of the people. And that's why this reform is so essential. Most of us believe that in order for democracy to work for all of us, it must include us all. And in order to finally affirm the human rights of all people living in this country, democracy reform has to be rooted in love for the communities most neglected by the United States. It's so important to center the voices and needs of the disabled, the undocumented, black trans women, indigenous communities, and other groups that have been the most marginalized by our system during the reformation process. That's why young people, especially young people of color, turned out to vote in record numbers to deliver our democracy and elect decision makers who will finally hear our voices. And while some politicians continue to use their voice to silence ours, young people are uniting across race and place to own our seat at the table to say no decisions about us without us, together young people with blue future and generation progress and all of our partners are building a national movement that demands we make bold structural reforms to our democracy.
1: You know, like the way, the way you said that just now, it makes me, I, I just have such a hard time understanding, um, how democracy reform, um, would couldn't like it there's no reason it should not be a bipartisan issue i mean essentially what we're saying is everybody deserves an equal seat at the table and an equal opportunity uh to participate in our democracy and to have their say um and who represents them and who um gets to make decisions um on their behalf uh in seats of power um and it seems it seems like a pretty straightforward concept um since it's it's uh you know something that um this country has you know Purportedly stands for, um, and you know, strives. Uh, I think you know, never, never has stood for in actuality, but um, as something that uh, we say that we stand for um, as a country. So it seems like it should be a pretty straightforward um, thing for everybody to get behind. Um, and so I, I'd like to break some of that down a little bit more about what we what we mean when we say um, uh, equal seat at the table. Like, what are some of the challenges? that um, people face right now in terms um, of access to voting?
0: Yeah, definitely. I, I think young people face a ton of different barriers. One of the barriers being that the information to learn about voting, how to get your ballot is purposefully complicated and confusing so that people get discouraged or they have to wait in lines for a long period of time. And when you're deciding between studying for a math final and going to vote, school is probably going to be more important. And so young people have to deal with that. There's also many times where they go to school that's not in their home state, and then they aren't able to vote absentee given certain laws. Uh, There's also voting age restriction. We at Blue Future believe that the voting age should be lower to 16 years uh, compared to 18. And so there's many barriers that they're facing on top of, depending where they live, there might be closed down polling locations, like I said, long lines, ballots just getting thrown out if you don't have the right signature, or if you don't have your car registered in that state. So many different ways that young people are facing these barriers.
2: Thanks for sharing. I think a lot of the times people think that voting is really easy and simple, but it's it's really not. There's a lot of challenges, and like you said, um, there are so many different factors that play into that. So, understanding the challenges of why how voting can be difficult, in particular for young people, how would bills like HR one and HR four, um, which is another great bill, which is the Voting Rights Advancement Act that has been renamed the John Lewis Voting Rights Enhancement Act in honor of a lot of the work that John Lewis has done, um, how would these two critical bills in democracy reform impact young people's participation
0: in voting and democracy? I really think these two bills would make a huge difference. I think H.R. 1 and H.R. 4, they're really once in a generation democracy reform pieces of legislation. And both of these bills will pave the way for real change on issues that young people care about. As I mentioned earlier, democracy reform is a racial justice issue, and if we can make progress on this issue, we will actually have a democracy where young people's voices are finally heard. It would give young people, especially young people of color, access to the ballot box, and as we know, millennials and Gen Z are the largest share of our electorate. So by eliminating these barriers to the polls, we become a voting block that cannot be ignored. Young people have the opportunity to push leaders to focus on things that matter most and hold them accountable to their commitments, like addressing this pandemic, equal justice, good paying jobs, clean air and water, quality healthcare, free college. And, and we can go on and on and on. So we're really here, you know, going all in for the For the People Act and for the John Lewis Voting Rights Act because we believe that these are the strongest strategies towards winning on every other progressive priority, our generation values, and what our future requires. Yeah, I
2: totally agree. I think because there's such discrepancy about what is access to the polls look like across the country, it does require federal a federal policy solution. And these two are some of the strongest bills that are out there in terms of supporting Um, in responding back to that, right? Like after the Voting Rights Act was gutted by the Shelby Holder case, like I feel like H.R. 4 is a great response to that. And just even in light of of everything we sort of talked about in terms of the voting rights challenges that we've seen in response to like the historic um, level of people coming out to vote, I feel like H.R. 1 is such a great thing to put into place too. I'm curious, Morgan, um, you said that at Blue Futures you all have uh, about a hundred organizers across the country who are also working to advance some of these bills and legislations, like what are some of the challenges that your organizers specifically are navigating and like what are some solutions that have been put into place of how they have sort of been organizing around these issues?
0: Sure, so one of the things that, that we've really been doing to navigate some, some of these challenges is practicing deep canvassing. And so I, I'm sure you're you're familiar with this, but just to for our listeners, deep canvassing is really the idea that you have a more intentional conversation with a voter about the issues that matter most. And so that has been really helpful to talk to people and really explain to people why these bills could be so impactful. Awesome. Well, we're gonna come back
2: and dive deeper into this conversation in just a moment. Uh, we do have a break coming up, so. We'll be right back with the Generation Progress takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show with our great guest, Morgan Starr, um, co-executive director at Blue Futures, right after this commercial break. If you miss Leslie on TV this
0: week, catch up at LeslieMarshallShow.com.
2: Follow Leslie on Twitter. Just go to www.twitter.com slash Leslie Marshall, and we'll be sure to share your tweets.
1: Hello, and welcome back to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. This is your co-host, Charlotte Hancock. And I'm your other co-host, Adwit B. Jean. Uh, We are welcoming back our special guest here, Morgan Starr, the co-founder and co-executive director of Blue Future. Thanks again for joining us, Morgan.
0: Absolutely. So happy to be here.
1: Yeah. Um, and then also, uh, we will have a special guest, I think, be joining us for the last segment of the show, uh, Brent J. Cohen, who often co-hosts, uh, this show as well. So we're switching the tables on y'all a little bit and we're going to have him answering some questions, um, instead of asking the questions go around, this go around, um, since it's something he's pretty familiar with. Um, but Morgan, for, for now, I'm actually going to pivot back to you here, um, and uh, ask a little bit more about, you know, we've been talking on this, um, on this show thus far about um, how democracy reform can impact our ability to push for other legislation um, that young people care about, you know, um, without, uh, without some of these democracy reforms in place, it sounds like we're not going to be able to make, um as as speedy of progress um, as we want on things like climate change, uh, you know, gun violence prevention, immigration. Can you talk us through that a little bit more?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So right now we, we cannot make as much change as we would like, given the filibuster and that there is not democracy reform. So if we were to reform our democracy, I think we could see benefits within the next election cycle if these pieces of legislation like HR 1 or HR 4 are signed into law, uh, because youth organizers are already ready and doing the work to make voting more accessible. So they will be ready to register young people, explain the different ways to get to the ballot box. And when that happens, we will be able to see some serious progress on legislative priorities that we care about, like you mentioned, uh, student debt, raising the minimum wage, climate change, gun violence prevention, and so many others. Got it. Uh,
2: Got it. Over oh. again, I have a question. Um, yeah. You said this word, filibuster, which is like a big word everywhere. And as someone who's still trying to wrap her brain around it um, and also get my, my own couple of talking points around it, can you walk us through or share what exactly a filibuster is and why that's something um, that it's important for us to understand if we want to see progress? Yeah,
0: absolutely. So the filibuster, it does have a pretty funny name, but it is really just a simple mechanism that allows the minority party to block legislation from advancing in the Senate. And this is a tool that Mitch McConnell has used to abuse and manipulate legislation where it really goes to die in the Senate. And it's inherently undemocratic. It is a Jim Crow relic and it's not required under the constitution. So we really need to abolish the filibuster so we can move on and start making some real progress on the issues that young people care about. Cool, thank you for walking us through that. Um, is,
2: do we have Brent here? Are you here, Brent? Brent is a robot right now. Um, that we will try to figure out. But uh, (laughs) Morgan, I I guess, do you have any thoughts of like specific examples of how, um, I guess, addressing the filibuster or address like having HR1 can really impact some of the wins that young people want to see in climate or gun violence or any of the issues that they care about? Yeah, absolutely. So
0: I think the majority of issues that young people care about are popular issues. And if we had a bill like HR one to pass, we would be able to have more people going to the ballot box, more people who have access to talk about these issues. And I know we talked earlier about what our blue Future organizers doing. So right mm-hmm. now our organizers are spending 10 hours each week working on these different issues. And and like I mentioned, having these deep canvassing conversations with different voters, hearing their concerns, and really trying to change hearts and minds and making sure that we can have legislation that's by the people, for the people, and of the people. And so deep canvassing is a really effective method to talk to voters and hear their thoughts and concerns about different pieces of legislation, especially, you know, big things like the green new deal or medicare for all. Um, So that's something our organizers have been working on as well as working with their members of Congress and trying to build these youth advisory councils. So when our members of Congress go to vote in the house or on the Senate floor, they are listening to what their youth advisory council has to say and bringing that knowledge with them as they vote. I love that. That's basically our
2: democracy in motion and working. And I feel like HR one would just be an addition to a lot of that work. So you're basically bridging the gap, making sure that decision makers, lawmakers are listening to young people. Their concerns are being elevated. And I feel like HR one would like once we take away big money dollars and like dark money and all of that, like they have to respond to the people and respond to young people. So I think that's cool.
1: Yeah, Edward, I um, I was thinking about uh, you know Morgan as you're talking about some of the issues um, that Blue Future um, sees as priorities, um, and as you mentioned, the fact that uh, these are these are popular issues. Um, I, I, I feel like I so often see. Um, polling that demonstrates like the vast majority of the American public um, wants changes um, or wants solutions to um, the gun violence epidemic you know wants um, to see the people um, that they've elected into power uh, do something about climate change these are these are popular um, issues and so right now the will um, and the wants of the, of the American people it seems like are being Held hostage by a small, uh, a small minority of people in power, um, because of the way uh, some of um, some of the system is set up, with uh, the amount with the amount of um, money in politics um, being so heavily tilted towards. Um, big donors and gigantic financial contributions as opposed to the contributions, um, of everyday Americans and, you know, working, uh, working people. Um, so they're, they're beholden to more than just their, uh, their constituents and their voters. Um, legislators are also, um, beholden to the, uh, the people who have dumped money into their campaigns. Um, and so I think that's one of my favorite things, um, that I've, seen uh, come out as one of the benefits um, of HR1 is just that it really does put the power back into the hands, um, back into the hands of the people. Um, So I am, I am curious, even, even if this legislation um, does pass um, either uh, the For the People Act, HR1 or uh, HR4, when would we start seeing benefits from um, passing some of this democracy reform legislation, Morgan?
0: I think we could see benefits within the next election cycle. Um, And I think one other thing that, you know, isn't necessarily related to some of the issues that we mentioned but is related to the accessibility for young people getting into politics would be that this legislation would also make it more accessible for young people and people of color to run for office given that there won't be as much money in politics which now is one of the biggest barriers. So I think we could see if this legislation passes Change is happening really within the next election cycle and more young people being able to run for office as well, which would be really exciting and something that we're working to train our young people on because we really need more youth represented in, in the political atmosphere right now.
1: Oh, my gosh, I love that. I love that the idea is not just uh, that young people are voting for the people in power, but also that the concept can be that uh, young people can be the people in power, you know, um, can have uh, can directly um, impact the system and say, like, you know, I've lived uh, the experiences of the people uh, who are voting for me. So this really matters. this matters so much to me and I didn't have to be uh, a rich older guy to be able to run for office um, because I was able to access the same kind of um, financial or an equal uh, sort of equivalent amount of financial support as um, some of the folks who were running against me. And I just was actually the better candidate, not just the wealthier candidate or the more privileged candidate. So I love that concept.
0: Exactly. Um, me, me too. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think we are probably just like about two minutes away from the next commercial break here. But what is the next step um, for uh, for
0: HR one? Yeah. So right now, the next step is that this bill will go to the Senate. Uh, but again, given given the filibuster, it still will face a lot of challenges in the Senate. So we really want to make sure that we are pressuring our politicians and making sure that they are considering this bill and looking at it as a once in a generation bill that will provide access to so many people to vote which like we talked about earlier how how can anyone be against that so we really want to get that message across and make sure that we are pressuring you know our democratic senators as well as our republican senators so we can get the votes that we need to get this bill into law
1: awesome i just want
0: to i just wanted to add to you that
2: this is not like a this should not be a part Partisan sort of like effort, right? Like democracy reform and our democracy fully functioning should be something that everyone's invested in across party lines, which I think um, polling does show that across party lines people support it. So as we're thinking about putting pressure, I feel like it's like go team, go! Everyone put pressure on everyone because this needs to to come through.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And GPA actually has a a tool on our website um, that folks can use to do that. Um, But we are about to hit our commercial break. So um, this is the Generation Progress takeover of the Leslie Marshall show. Uh, We are talking about some um, awesome democracy reform legislation. Um, It's got to go to the Senate. The Senate has to do something about it. And we will be right back to talk more about how this uh, will impact the issues that young people care about after this commercial break.
2: Hello, and welcome back to the Generation Progress Takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. I'm your co-host, Edwith Diadine.
1: And I'm Charlotte Hancock.
2: All right, we are back now talking with Morgan Starr, co-executive director and founder of Blue Futures. Hi, Morgan. Welcome back. Hello. Thank you. And now we are joined by Generation Progress Executive Director, Brent J. Cohen. Brent, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me this time, Edweth? Yes, you are no longer a robot. We are happy to jump into discussion. All right. (laughs) So so, um, throughout this whole conversation, we've been discussing a lot about HR1 and how important it is for young people, as well as um, some of the the solutions that HR1 can provide. Um, And one area that we discussed a bit about already, but we're hoping that you can expand on Brent, is how legislation like HR one could impact gun violence prevention. Um, why is democracy reform so critical for this work specifically? Yeah, thanks for that question, and it's it's really interesting because I think you know a lot of folks realize that young people are leading the movement around gun violence prevention in so many ways, um, and yet folks don't think about democracy reform as a young people's issue. And the reality is that it, it absolutely is, and the reason is because for lack of democracy reform. What we've seen, especially over the last few years and decade, is through voter disenfranchisement, voter suppression, gerrymandering, we have elected officials essentially choosing their constituents instead of the constituents choosing their elected officials. And- All right. It looks like we had some technical uh, issues there. Brent is still here somewhere in the world, but just not on this call. <laughs> <laughs> His call has dropped. Um, but I think Brent was basically driving home the fact that without reforms like h r one and something that Morgan has also uh, said as well, without reforms like h r one, we our issues are not represented at decision making tables as well as politicians who support us are not represented at these decision making tables, and that is critical in order to create change um, around the gun violence prevention and making sure that we address it in the best way possible. So, I'm going to sort of uh, kick this back over to you, Morgan, to see if you have anything that you'd like to also add in terms of like seeing progressive wins around the issues we care about.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That I totally agree with everything Brent was saying. I think as we look to the future, we need to keep pushing for all different forms of democracy reform. There's really so much to be done. Like I mentioned, ending ending the filibuster is really a top priority as, as well. Um as well as you know, lowering the voting age to 16 and making sure that currently and formerly incarcerated people have the right to vote, uh, looking at things like statehood for D.C., self-determination for Puerto Rico, reforming our courts, eliminating electoral college, ending Citizens United. There really are so many things that we could do around democracy reform to make sure that these progressive issues get to the forefront. So I definitely would encourage people to take a look at HR1 and HR4, but know that there's still more we can do even after those bills.
2: Yeah, I think that's really great. You did go through the laundry list of things that we should be paying attention to. And even as someone who does work in this space, it's always challenging to kind of like keep up to date with like how things are moving. Morgan, for listeners who want to get involved in democracy reform work and some of the stuff that you just shared with us, where would you recommend they go to get started? Are there particular resources that they could take a look at? Are there groups that they should be following? Um, Even movies you think that they should be watching?
0: I really recommend starting local. I think... You know, we watch so much on TV and things like that, but a lot of things happen in our local communities and we could have democracy reform right here in your local legislator or your city council and things like that. So I would really research your local representatives and see what issues they're focusing on. Are they supporting legislation that makes it harder for people to vote? Contact them. You know, make your voice heard like I mentioned, we are doing the youth advisory councils to make sure that we can meet with members of Congress on a regular basis. And this is something anyone can do. You don't have to be part of a youth advisory council. Uh, And and as for resources, I think looking to you all at Generation Progress, Blue Future, of course, uh, the Brennan Center for Justice has a lot of great information indivisible. And then there are two coalitions that are specifically working on HR1, um, the Declaration for American Democracy Coalition, as well as the Fix Our Senate Coalition. So I think both of those coalitions are a great place for people to learn more and get involved in this work.
2: Totally agree. And I love that you shared that folks should look local, because I think politics are local, right? And that's like where you're going to feel the quickest impact at the local level. So even just looking into how does someone vote in your community, what you experienced in this last election was different in a lot of ways. So if that was your first time voting, what does it normally look like or how should it look like when it votes within your community? So even doing that initial research and looking into it, I think is really great advice, right? And who's in charge of making decisions around voting and ballot box access and stuff like that and what your polling locations look like I think is really important too a great place to get started um, If you had uh, Morgan an, an additional question if you had any advice to someone um, who is interested in starting out and like let's see how do I phrase this like understanding that voting rights and democracy is you know an intersectional issue. Um, Like you said, it's impacted a lot of different people, and we all know that it's a racial justice issue, but if you had any suggestion or advice for folks who wanted to dive deeper into that um, aspect of the work, uh, what would you say or what could you offer?
0: I would really say don't be afraid to not know everything, and it's okay if you're not a policy expert. I think sometimes politics can be intimidating, of course, and people feel that they have to be do it as their job or have to know the candidate or something like that. And that's really not the case if you care about something that's happening in your community, your voice is valuable and it should be heard. So I I really recommend getting in touch with your your local folks, knowing your rights before you go to vote and helping your friends and family vote. I vote here in Pennsylvania and I've been voting in Pennsylvania my my whole life. I I mean, I haven't lived that long, but I've been (laughs) voting here. And when I went to go vote this, this time around, I faced voter suppression and I, you know, had really, I didn't know what to do necessarily. And I work in this space. So I think it's really important that people get informed and make sure that if you're getting turned away at the ballot box, you can call a voter protection lawyer, or you can, you know, talk to someone else in your community to make sure that your voice Your voice is still heard and your vote is still counted, uh, which is what I did in 2020. You know, I was able to talk to a voter protection lawyer right away and was able to vote provisionally, which was then eventually counted. Uh, But I think that's really important is, you know, taking that first step to learn. And and also don't be afraid because no one is an expert and the rules do change fast. uh, And that's okay. We're all we're all learning. And if we come at it from a place of compassion and love, that will be really important.
1: I love that. I think that is great advice and also such welcoming advice. Um, and as you're saying that, I I was just thinking, you know, like we, we talked a little, you know, we talked, this whole show was about what um, the For the People Act would do. But I do think it's just so um, important to remind people that, as you, you've said, I think a couple of times in this show, Morgan, like this is a once in a generation um, package of legislation. Um, we are so close to getting it passed. Momentum is on our side. Uh, the For the People Act just passed through the House. It is now on to the Senate for a vote. Um, this should be a bipartisan issue. Um, we have newly elected officials on the Hill. We have a new, a newly uh, sworn-in president and vice president. Um, the president has announced that this is a priority to him as well um, and to see some of the changes that we really do want to see um, in our democracy on everything from gun violence prevention to uh, you know getting money out of the political system, big money out of politics, um, holding elected officials accountable for corruption, um, expanding and protecting voting rights like we're so close to that with this legislation. Um, and helping to create a democracy that values the voices of all Americans. I just, I want to reemphasize that like, this is really, really, really the time For um, people to be contacting their senators, regardless of whether they're a Democrat or Republican, it's all hands on deck. We're so close. And this is so big and so important for uh, more than just thinking about, um, you know, democracy reform, democracy, democracy reform will affect so many other things. Um, So really, really exciting stuff. And thank you for emphasizing that in so many ways over the course of this show, Morgan. Um, It's been awesome talking to you. Um, It's been, you you know, it's just it's exciting to think about what the possibilities are. Um, should we have democracy reform, and to think about um, who who will get a voice in this country um, if uh, if the power is given more back to the hands of the people um, than it is right now? So,
0: yeah, ab- absolutely. We I'm so happy to be here, and we always recommend to all of our youth organizers always shoot for you know what anything that we can do, and we will be really excited with that progress. So. Just encourage any young people if they are interested in getting more involved with these issues. Please contact us at Blue Future, and we would be happy to show you more about democracy reform and have you join us for some of our trainings.
1: Awesome! Thank you so much, Morgan. Um, that is all the time that we have for today. Uh, thank you for uh, thank you to Morgan Starr, um, and thank you to our producer. Mark Grimaldi and our communications manager, Emily Leach, who helped to pull this show together. And thank you so much to all of our listeners. Uh, Make sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram using the handle at GenProgress. And we will talk to you again on our next uh, remote generation progress takeover of the Leslie Marshall Show. If you want to call the Senate, contact the congressional switchboard number at 202-224-3121 and tell them you're in favor of the For the People Act. Thanks, everybody. And we'll talk to you next week.
2: Money Scout is subject to eligibility, terms and conditions, and other account agreements. Member FDIC.